Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Breakdown, where we sit down and talk about life and faith. My name is Ron Humiston. I'm your host. Sitting across from me is the one, the only, lead pastor, Nick Pierce. That is, like, you're too good at that. You want me to try it again? I don't know. No, don't try it again. 20 bucks, he'll cut to that, and that'll actually be the real live intro. And so I was already like, thinking about doing that. Just, like, <laughs> cut out the whole. Oh, see, I can't do that. You could. No, I'm better in front of people. Where I think you're better on camera. I'm better on camera. You're better on camera. I'm better in front When I people. say behind the scenes, I legitimately mean behind the scenes. Yeah. I'm good behind the scenes. Because like every time we've tried to do videos here, <laughs> how many times do you have to cut and be like, Nick, quit being a doofus. Like, he's laughing right now at me. It's so true. In front of a camera? No. You put me in front of a couple hundred people? Let's go. Nick, uh, how do I say? Say it nicely because I'm within reach of you. Like, I could throw some hands. When right we now. video Nick, Nick has, in the, the most non PC way, I, I he has. Um, RBF? Yeah, thank you. Is that how <laughs> Resting we can say bad it? face. Resting bad face. <laughs> Even when Taylor has had to record me for she's like, Nick, smile. Yeah, you look awful. But try to smile and talk at the same time. That's demented. Hi. God. What's really like? Then it turns into like psychotic, <laughs> yes. like a, a sociopath. Yes. Listen, but if I, you've never done it, don't sit there. You know, in your car, driving to work or at work, whatever you're doing. Do it, no. Like, and then just look over at the person at the stoplight <laughs> next to you and just talk to them, smiling. <laughs> see if they don't like, pull out a gun and shoot you. It is. Like, it's oh. much more difficult. So we have our we have our so they areas of expertise. Me. They coached me. And they're like, you have to do this video mm-hmm. because you're the lead guy, and it's like, and I'm you're horrible. you're gracious enough now to used to it was a lot of coaching on the front side yeah. before we hit record. Now it's a lot of like when we go to do a video, you're like, okay, what do I need to say? Yeah, what do I need to look like? Yeah. It's like tell be me you, but not and. And the other thing is, like, I'm a one-shot, one-kill. If we ever have to record the video a second time... It gets worse every recording that we like, do. Like, drastically worse. It's like the first one, like, oh, that was really good. Something happens. Oh, we got to record it It's like 100. It yeah. The second one is a 60. Oh, you the are The third is a generous. 40. Yeah. yeah. The fourth and on is we're in the negatives. They're probably thinking that even, like, with the different sermons. You know, <laughs> like, first service, great. Second service, like, acceptable. Third service... I don't know about that guy. Someone who normally comes to first service, we oh. comes to third service is like they should do. Well, that I'm never April coming Fool. to third. We should do an April Fool's Day where like everybody you have to come to a different service than you normally. Whatever, attend. yeah, whatever you do. Could you imagine walking in in the the 11:30 service um, and finding first service people is like pack like second service yeah. is <laughs> like first service is kind of light. Second is what first, and then third yeah, is yeah. just like. Wall to wall upstairs. So when I was a kid at Troy Baptist Church, the little Baptist church my grandparents went to that they took us when we stayed with them on the weekends. Um, it was an April Fool's Sunday. And w- so in that church, like everybody had their assigned seats. And I'm air oh, quoting yeah. that. Oh, yeah. Like we were fourth row back, always on the left side. You can air quote it all you want. It is true. But 85 year old. Oh, man. We, grandma, we even had that at my is, old church. Really? Our sanctuary at 750. We could get everybody in there comfortably. You sit down, somebody walk up. Hey, That's, I, I, I don't know how to tell you this, but you're in my spot. And you know, like, Jesus can love you sitting over there, too. <laughs> <laughs> so it was one Sunday, and the, oh, and the pastor would always sit front row, so his back was to everybody. Well, we all sat in different spots. And like when you go years of and it was only one service, like and everybody sitting in their normal spot. So if you, you want to do that to Daryl, no, this I was a kid when we did oh. this. This was to a pastor named Jerry Boaz, and so he gets up, turns around, and he like so if you wanted to like look and see like 
hold on like where they're, they're everybody's mixed up and he just started Throw. laughing and we were just rolling like that's got gotcha. you that, yeah that's great i love <laughs> so it. we took a very like you know oh yeah we all have our normal seats the thing and like we Take shake it up and yeah so that yeah jerry boas he <sighs> lost his wife and he got married a second time you know what his wife's name is this feels like a bad joke no on. it's true but okay. it is funny what ruth no yes <laughs> yes I believe they're in Topeka, Kansas right now. Great dude. Baptized me. Feels like he went out and was like, I, I can only date Ruth. Yeah. So Ruth found her Boaz. Oh, God. <laughs> it's true. True story. Right there. Look it up. Google it. It's Do there. it. Do it. Um, anyway. So I. Name drops. What, I what's I'm, up, buddy? I feel a little under the weather. I sound like I'm in a tent game. I always sound like I'm under the weather. Like, I, I hate listening to my voice. I, I didn't Like when realize. you just played it back before for the little <laughs> sound check or whatever. It's like Jerron over here with a radio voice and here's Nick sounding like he's underwater gargling marbles. To be fair, I've had vocal training from radio coaches. What does that mean? When I worked at a radio station, I had weekly... I had weekly. What do they tell you to do? So I like literally just I, like a vocal coach for it, singing. Vocal coach right here. They would do like, so we'd have exercises where he'd come in and like, okay, hey, do, do your warmups. Like, so whatever that You've is. You never had me do warmups. No. Do you not care about me? We're not trying to be, <laughs> we want people to, to, this is real and authentic. This is what it is. <laughs> oh, your uh, we don't. sounds like he's, you know, chewing wheat thins. <laughs> Like one or two? No, the whole box right now. Don't mind Nick. He's eating lunch while we're doing yeah, this. Coming um, to town. Yeah. I I, uh, I met with a guy in uh, Nashville. How do you get that job? Um, Super connected and super high up. Really? Work with some big name radio people. <laughs> I guess, you know, Casey Kasem has that voice. Mm-hmm. I don't think anymore. It's a, there's definitely a radio voice. Yeah. There's definitely a radio face, too. <laughs> I I have the radio face. I had both. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, well, hey, oh. we're going to sit down today. If you're new, welcome to the craziness that is the podcast. If you're a returning listener. We always listener, need a good just eight minutes just to get through. The it's craziness. almost like the awkward, like we've got to get the the hamster wheel spinning, <laughs> like get the, the juices flowing. Yeah. All right, um, I'll calm down. I'll calm down. But if, you, uh, if you've if you been a faithful listener for any amount of time, thank you. Um, Pastor Nick and I sit down each and every week and we... Uh, take really a deeper dive and break down into the the message from the previous Sunday. And so uh, today, at the time of recording, which is Tuesday afternoon, Tuesday. we're looking backwards at Sunday, um, which we're still in the book of Revelation. If I can when you be, say it like that, still in the book of Revelation. Let me finish, because if I can be completely honest, I, I'm feeling some Revelation fatigue. Fatigue. Some fatigue. It was just nice not to have to talk about, okay, here's another angel with another <laughs> is true. instrument of just wrath of God that's just going to like hit him again with it. And that's the thing is like for that me- That was nice. It's been, it's only happened probably in the last two weeks. Honestly, I, any book, even when we were doing Matthew, like, all right, great commission. Let's get there. Let's okay. Get, okay he's coming out of the grave. We've all heard the story. Here yada, yada, yada. That same Hollywood story. No. And it, it, same way with, and I, that's my little bit of undiagnosed ADHD or whatever. I think just we were getting in, in into the seventh inning stretch of yep. it and it's just like ready to, to move on. And, and that's where you just have to press in that there's yep. still good content. I almost wish like on obviously we don't have it and there's reasons for that. You know, you, we have so many chapters that mm -hmm. talk about that seven years of tribulation and the details of that. Yeah. And when you think about it, you know, the old Testament references that 
And so they're probably thinking, man, I wish I had a few chapters to know what is that going to look like? Well, they now we have the book of Revelation for that, <laughs> where for me, I wish there was a few more chapters talking about life in the millennium, which, mm. you know, you have to go back to the Old Testament for some of that. But now, you know, as I'm reading and I did a little bit of reading even this morning, getting ready, I sermon prep on Thursdays for this Sunday, the last book or the last chapter of the book. Um, I wish I had a few more chapters of that, like this, the eternal state, like what is this going to look like? Yeah. And all we get, and this we don't even get all quick, of 22. Yeah. yeah. You get like half of 22 and it's like, oh yeah, your whole life leading up to this and we're going to give you a half a chapter. Yep. And it's like, okay, here we go. This is not helpful. Thank yeah. you. So this we, is... we got, you know, ton of chapters on tribulation, very few on what our lives are really going to be like. And I think there's reason for that. I think if we mm. had too too much of a glimpse of what awaited us in eternity with God, we'd all drink the Kool Aid and last one out, you know, turn the light out. Let's go. Yeah, we, I mean, we would. Yeah. And so, you know, obviously Jesus is all about life and this life now, and our lives matter. And so, um, there there has to be a little bit of a mystery to it because there's purpose for our lives. Yeah. And so, do you think we could, in our finite human understanding and even explanation, yeah. be able to yeah. describe exactly? You know, like, hey, I'm gonna do my best bet, and it's like yeah. that's still like filthy rags. Exactly. Like A for effort, but yeah, yeah, D minus. Do you know what filthy rags? Yep. Okay. Yep. Uh-huh. Some people don't know that. I shared that one time in youth group. No, you didn't. Heck yeah, I did. I'm sure that was. I had I had one mind. one adult come up and they said, "You really thought that was the needed thing?" And I said, "Did you see every student like half gagging?" And I said, "Yeah." I said exactly. That's how God views our sin. And Come they on. will never forget that. Yeah, and they will never forget They'll it. reference there back like, hey, remember that one time that crazy youth pastor yeah. told us? What? So the next time you think like, oh, my sin's not that bad, or you know, it's like, oh, well, the righteous things that you do in comparison to the holiness of God, he considers filthy rags. Mm-hmm. So just, just understand just, that. Yeah. yeah, just put that in perspective. Yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> I did. <laughs> literally. literally. Um, so we, we did Revelation 21. 21. So last week's episode of The Breakdown, whatever number... Of season yeah. two that I think I 25, 26, whatever. Yeah. Um, I titled, um, I think the end is near or the mm-hmm. beginning of the end. Like we're, we're getting yeah. down. So next week is it. This is like it. next week is 22. Yep. And we done. The only thing after 22, depending on your Bible and translation appendix. is some appendix definitions yep. and then the back cover. Yeah. <laughs> and we're not doing a, we're and not none doing, of that was inspired. Yeah. That was, <laughs> that's worldly. Yeah. Um, and and so, it's crazy to think about, like, so if you read the Old Testament, the Old Testament ends, obviously, Malachi um, and the curse. Mm-hmm. The end of Revelation ends and a blessing ends in grace. Boom roasted. So I'm, I'm excited for that. It'll be good. And and just in my quick study and looking, it's like, all right, this is the last chapter. You know, it's in and John adds kind of an end cap to it. And it's all about. um being ready. Mm-hmm. And so I think it was, it was a, not this last week, but the week before I talked about my senior pastor's mom, who she would write cards for everybody yep. and she always put be there, mm-hmm. you know? And so I think if anything, if you were going to sign the card of what the book of revelation for us as believers is just, just be ready. Mm. Like don't lose the readiness that we are to have as the body of Christ that, yeah, there's certain events that we're not going to go through because we are part of the church and, and we can, you know, there's diagrams and all that we can walk back through. But at the end of the, you know, instead of geeking out on all of that, like what's the, be ready because Jesus is coming soon. 
and and that word soon actually the better translation would be like it it's suddenly yeah it's not in a sense of chronological time frame of soonness it's the suddenness and so god wants every generation every you know every generation i guess is the best way to put it to be ready because this is going to happen suddenly yeah and so just be ready and so our everyday normal lives matter because like today could be our last day and then he's going to return suddenly Am I doing the last thing that he called me to do? Am I living my life to the fullest, to what he has in my normal, everyday, mundane life, you know, to the glory of God? Yeah. Be ready. So, so I'm excited. So so we shouldn't have fatigue. <laughs> I, it, and that is hard. I think about that. It's like, how how can I not have fatigue then? I, I think for me, the fatigueness came far more through, like, once you hit, like, you get to the trumpets, that's like, okay, here's the big stuff people are ready for, and it's actually the... This or the seals, sorry, and then the trumpets and then the bowls. Like by the time you hit the bowls, it's like, whew, because that's the fullness. You know, the first, you know, fourth of God's wrath, then a third, and then in the bowls, it's the fullness of God's wrath, and it's like, man, he mm-hmm. he's just pouring it out on them, and and so that can I for me I think is more the fatiguing uh, part of it, where now that you know we talked about you know, uh, the millennial kingdom. I think there was a lot of good stuff there. And then new heavens, new earth, new Jerusalem, you know, that's, that, that's the only, for me, I wish there was a little bit more we could tease out of that, mm-hmm. but yeah, I wish there was like five chapters instead of three, two and a <laughs> I, half chapters. I take two more. Yeah, I'd take two more. Two I'd more would be more. nice. Yeah, two more would be nice. So um, we've asked it before. What yep. um, coming out of Sunday for you, uh, what, what's something, um, as you walked into um, sermon prep on Thursday or even the message on Sunday after doing sermon prep um, that was challenging, impactful for you as the guy who is um, giving the message. Because the message is as much for you. Yeah. And a lot of times we forget that where it's like, oh, you're the guy giving it to us. Like, no, no, the Lord gave it to you. There's things within that that he's... Yeah, even in life groups, you know, we, me and my wife lead the college one and we attend another one and just try to be normal. Overcommitted. Oh, I know, right? Just trying to earn <laughs> You lead one and you're in one? That was fucking That's not true. So I, you know, even when we are in those life groups, let alone leading it or just attending it, and it can be weird because one of the questions we ask is like, hey, what stood out to you in the sermon? And it's kind of fun. Uh, because in those life groups, they'll say, and they'll look right at me, oh, you said this, and it's like, you don't have to say it to me. Just pretend I'm not here. Yeah, just pretend I'm not here, but I know that's hard. But then everyone, you know, I always try to answer it. Hey, what stood out to me in the sermon is, and the first few times I did that, they were like, stuff stands out to you in the sermon? Like, but you, <laughs> you learned too? Yeah, you knew it was coming, though. How could it stand out to you? It's like, no, there's still parts. So honestly, I was going to land the plane, which is what I call ending the sermon, mm-hmm. like where's that final little you know, the, the, the descents and landing, um, I was going to land the plane completely different. And oh, so, on Sunday? Yeah, on Sunday. I was I was going to. And so I had all my notes done. And every Saturday night, I always try to read through my notes a couple times because that helps me remember them. So if I read them Saturday, then sleep, wake up, I read them in the morning. Gets me in trouble. <laughs> it, it can. I, I have rewritten some sermons on a Saturday night. That's where we're at. So I'm reading my notes and I get to the landing and so the, you know, I, I knew I was going to talk about the jewels. Like that was already in there. But the concept of is my life isotropic or anisotropic, meaning 
Do I let that was the so good? Yeah. Do I let the light of Christ shine through me, or what areas of my life does it just go black? That that was a that was a Saturday night special right there. So everything else was there, but I was going to go in a different direction, which I don't even kind of remember now, just because yeah. I preached it three times and and just been thinking about it. And we already had a life group over it. So, but yeah, that was so for me, just thinking through um, where it might not be my life as a whole. Mm-hmm. You know, so we're not talking like saved, not saved is my life, the light of Christ, or is it all black? But like what areas of my life, Mm. you know, where, so I, so I was trying to think through, let's start in the positive. What gives me life? What do I, so even the preaching and teaching that gives me life. And so I hope people see the light of Christ through my teaching that it's not about me and me being up there, but like that gives me life. Mm -hmm. Um, and so just thinking through a couple of other areas of my life that give me life. And then I have to switch. So, okay, what areas of my life does the light of Christ like just go flat and yeah. go black and there's no beauty, there's no pattern, there's no color. And you know, that's a hard, hard question, especially like in pastoral ministry, like, yeah, it's there. And, and so just trying to like, uh, knowing that, Hey, those are areas of my life that God wants to do a work in. And so, um, John would, uh, testify to this. Sometimes I could be a little bit of a control freak. Hmm. Sometimes. 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 Some, it's not all the time, is it? No. Sometimes. No. So it's sometimes. Most. Don't put a sometimes. percentage on it. Don't say most. <laughs> it's not a percentage. We're a small staff, and so it's easy to be involved in everybody's ministries. Okay. I just want to provide good leadership. I want to. There's support. other words that I would use. What other words would you like? Micromanage. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's one of the. So that's one of the things that I've been. So like, so today. So here's case in point. Today we've had a number of wonderful ladies from our church come out. Oh, and decorate. <sighs> for Christmas. Which honestly has been amazing. It, it really does look good. And it's good to use their giftings and their their servant heart for it. But it for me, like I go down and it's like I I've done a couple of walkthroughs just to make sure we're not like putting up anything, mm-hmm. you know, pagan, mm-hmm. which we are. No. Mm-hmm. Um but to not be involved in something like that where I have to say, like, okay, I only have so much time. Where's my best time being used? Yeah. Do I need to be down there decorating? Or is that something that can be done away from me? Yeah. And so that's, for me, you know, and it seems like, well, how's that uh, an area of your life where it goes black? Because I'm not doing the thing that God wants me to do. Mm. I'm filling my time on what I want, even though those are good things. Yeah. But there's a difference between what I want and what God wants to do in and through me. And so staying up here in my office, working on the things that I need to be working on that, I, that no, they can't do. Yeah. And so I need to let them do what they can do so I can do what only I can do. Yep. And so I think there's, I, I, I've been doing good. 100%. This guy throws me under the bus, lets it run over, and then he tries to drag me out from under it. Like, I got you, but no. That's, so, that's my job yeah. and my purpose. <laughs> exactly. Keep you humble. So we, you know, so at the staff level, one of the things that we've been talking about in regard to my position is how do I stay out of the weeds but still stay in the loop and yep. provide leadership. So I need to stay out of the weeds on all the little details of it, but still be in the loop because, you know, I get to speak into it. I reserve that right to, because I have to answer for it. Yeah. But how do I equip and allow, you know, the staff to lead in that? And so that's one of those areas where I think the Lord's still doing a work in me because now I'm looking at other things as yeah. well, not just, you know, here at the staff, but like, 
what do I need to be doing and what do I need to let go of? They might not be bad, sinful things, but it's, is, it's a, uh, in a sense, I looked at the end of this sermon more as a, uh, an opportunity for pruning mm. in my life. And it's like, that, that's not allowing the light of Christ. Like, this is, this, this is so fruitful in your life. This is effective. Let's prune this out. And it's some of those things where I just have to be okay with, all right, I'm going to let go of that. And, yeah. and whatever it is, like, I got to be okay with that because yeah. it's, you know, and that's difficult for me. So let's I, flush that out. Cause oh, I, no, we already did. Uh, next <laughs> next no, question. No, not, not like a weird way, but oh, okay. like what I, I, I think you could so easily miss out or if you listened either on Sunday, either in person, online, or you went back and, and listened. Um, because the way that I took it sitting up in the studio, you know, you talk about that. Like I started thinking about like the super sinful places in my life, oh, like yeah. the things where I am turning my back on the Lord, like things where I'm consciously making a decision and what you just described, yes, is sinful. Um, and I want to be very, um, light. Uh, I want to tread lightly and yeah. how I say this, because what I don't want to do is give yeah. carte blanche to be like, yeah. Oh, it's it's a lesser sin. It's okay, but yeah. like what you just said is like, hey, th- there are areas of my life that need pruning because it is sin. Yeah, but I'm not going out and you know, pick the big bad yeah. sins, whatever yeah. you know. And what's crazy is the things that I need not to be doing. It, that's in somebody else's. I need to be doing. And if you're doing it, then they can't be doing it. So it's it the domino effect. That's the domino effect. And yep. so when you, and so that's been a, uh, uh, I would say a growth in me that's still happening is I need to understand, you know, cause it could be easy to look at a church and look at people and be like, Oh, they're not serving. They're not doing these things. And it's like, is it because we have filled the gap mm-hmm. at a staff level mm-hmm. that, yeah, they're, they're not serving. Why? Cause we're not giving them opportunities to, to do real ministry, not just, you know, uh, a little to-do list yep. and f- filler stuff, but real ministry. And it's like, why aren't they doing that? And it's like, w- what are we doing that's keeping them from doing yeah. that? It's like, now there's still a role for us as staff, and but a part of that is, is holding and let's do well what we are to do as staff. Yep. But, you know, again, our job, Ephesians 4, <coughs> equip the saints to do the work of ministry. Yeah. And, and that's so for me, cause that's a huge area of struggle for me. Um, here's the, here's how this is the test for me. Yeah. Uh, cause a lot of times there are like, what's the tangible pieces of ministry? Am I giving away parts of my job? Which yes, that's oh, what yeah. I'm to do. Or am I just giving somebody the leftovers that I don't want to do? And it's like, for me, if I get stressed or I get real antsy when something doesn't go right, that's actual ministry. And it's okay if it mm. falls because now I get to step in and coach and lead yeah. and guide and direct. But if it's like, oh, if that blows up, it's no big deal. It's like, but then did I really give them yeah. true tangible ministry? It's true. Or did I just give them some like reject thing that's like, well, if it works, that's great. But if it doesn't, we weren't going to yeah. use it anyways yeah. or do it anyways. Yeah, because are we going to are we gonna lead, equip, train, disciple our people uh, for something that we don't see that important? Mm. But if it's like, hey, this is really important, so I want to sit down with you. I want to walk. I want to talk through this. I yep. want to let me show you what I do. But like, this is, you know, in providing that significant. But if we don't see value in it, and it's just like, that's ah, not that big of a deal. They're not gonna see value in it. Yeah, they're not gonna see value, and they're not gonna be discipled in and through it either. Yep. 
And so it, it is recognizing what am I called to do? What is my role? But also looking and saying, okay, what is, what needs to be handed off? Because that's what somebody else can step into, um, but also giving proper discipleship and training in it. And so, and so I, I know that's probably in, and it's, you know, the end of the sermon is going to sound different for anybody. And, you know, what are those dark areas of our life that the light of Christ is not shining through? Because when, um, this has been a line that's been hitting me, you know, churches can be Jesus centered or they can be leader centered. Mm -hmm. And it's like, am I operating, uh, holistically? Am I allowing, uh, a mentality even at the staff level that we would be leader centered or that we would be Jesus centered. Mm. And so, uh, and, and that's how, how small something can be. You know, yeah. we're, we're not talking about big, what we would think sinful yeah. issues. Um, but are we, are we stewarding well? And again, stewardship's not just money. Are we stewarding well our ministries and our time? Um, we were even talking about this on the phone when I was coming back from a lunch meeting, mm -hmm. like, you know, stewardship of time and, and time is, is money. And like, you know, if you were going to not steward your time, well, put it in the context of money. And it's like, Oh, I would never do that. Okay. You wouldn't do that with money, but you won't do it with your time. You can mm -hmm. get more money, but you're not going to get more time. And so just trying to steward time well. And so w when I can hold fast to that and equip saints to do the work of ministry and you see that ministry happen, so when there's a big successful ministry moment and it's like, oh, okay, Nick, as the lead pastor, like how much involvement did you have in that? Uh, little to none. Yeah. Some people would be like, really? And it's like, yep. And that's how we know it's a success. That's exactly, that's a win in my book. But if it's always like dependent upon me, I got to step into it. I got to carry it. It's like, well, what are we doing here? We're being a leader centered church and we're not being a Jesus centered. And everybody wants to think like, oh yeah, like we're a Jesus centered church or like we're, I'm a Jesus centered leader. And it's like, yeah, nobody would say it. <laughs> but go back and look at the output. There it is. Yeah. yeah. If and that's look, always how you know. Like, that's how you know. Ask the hard questions. Yep. Be willing to sit with the hard answers and go, no. there's always room for improvement. There's always, but sit in the awkwardness of, man, I really wanted to be this. Yeah. But what I'm seeing, the output, yep. is the complete opposite. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's mm. so good. So that's that's this one one area for me personally, like what stands out to me in the sermon. Those are, um, so I take that usually in two ways because it's the two biggest things in my life is is one, my family, mm -hmm. and then one is, is the church because yep. both I'm leading um, or should be leading. And so usually it goes in one of those two directions, you know, because the, the personal side is always there. Mm -hmm. Like that's always hitting me is just in my one-on-one -on -one relationship with the Lord. But a lot of things I put through the lens of, okay, how would this apply in my leadership of yeah. my family and leadership of the church? So that's good. It was good. It was good conversations, even with our college life group. Cause I even, um, I try to let them talk for a while, like, Hey, what stood out to you in sermon? And then I'll throw a question out there that like, I have an answer to, but, but I want to see them like yeah, fodder yeah, almost yeah, just yep, kind of, yeah. And it's not like it's a right or wrong answer. It's just how I would answer it. I just want to hear how they would. So like my question to them was like, Hey, in the generation that you guys are, you know, so you're not in high school and, but you're not young families. You're, you're this college age, mm -hmm. you know, what are those same thing? What are those areas in your life? for someone in this. So it might not be you personally, but when you look at your peers across the board um, and you look at your generation, where do you see 
the light of Christ beaming, but also where do you see the areas of your generation in their lives that it goes dark? Mm -hmm. And so it was cool to hear them say, you know, when I look around at my peers and know my own struggles and see the commonalities, these are the things where the life goes black or the light goes black. And, and then I, you know, I get to speak into it from a guy that's a little bit removed, but I'm not like 84, you know, they think I am, but I'm not that old. You you're, know? Get, you're getting up there. I know. Cause like I have this <laughs> crazy shoulder pain. He's laughing at me now. Something happened in second service and, and whatever that muscle is, um, I think I figured out why I probably like tweaked it or whatever. Cause I was doing a bunch of leaf raking and, and all that. And that's it, sinful. I know that's an area of your life that, and I thought that's dark. how sin, like that's how old, old I am becoming is I like, I'm having massive muscle spasm and pain by raking some leaves. And so I just need to not rake leaves anymore. I think that's what the Lord's trying to tell me. I'd get a second opinion on that one. <laughs> I would be so definitive yeah. in that. So, but here in, you know, and so, so from someone that's, you know, maybe not in the mix of being that college generation, but seeing it uh, from a little bit of life experience and wisdom. Yeah. Uh, just to be able to look at them and to say, hey, guys, th this is what I see. Where sometimes when you're in it, you might be so, when you're in it, you don't see the issues. Yep. But when you're, like you said, a little bit removed, a little bit. That's why I smiled at I'm you. I'm a little bit removed. Okay, so am I. Like, you're four minutes younger than me. Yeah, that's why I said I'm a little bit removed. Okay. And so to be able to look back and to say, like, and and so we had a really good talk, got real deep, real serious. Um, and at the end of it, I just said, like, guys, what we want you to know, like, we're having this conversation out of love for you mm -hmm. and how we wish somebody would have had this conversation with us when we were your age. So it, it's been good. It's been fun. You know what I, I appreciate about that specific, <clears throat> since we're on the topic, mm -hmm. um, that group or that age demographic? Yeah. It's something that I wish holistically the church would step into more. Yeah. Is it is a unique, awkward time, especially here at the lake. Um, cause if you want to live and love Jesus and you're not married or you're super, super young in your marriage and you don't have kids, like your life is still kind of all ahead of you. Um, that demographic is willing to have hard conversations. Oh yeah. They're willing to sit in the tension. They're willing to, to listen, even though sometimes it may not seem that way Yeah, where I feel like, the more life experience, the more jaded, the the all of those things as we get older, the more set in our ways, the more we think we're removed from a situation and it's our job to tell. And it's like, yes and no. Yeah. Like we all have uh, a generation above us that, that can speak into and look into that. Are we willing, yeah. you know, to sit in those, you know, and I remember, you know, I remember in student ministry, you know, having that where there'd be a, a demographic that may say that students are just a pain in every way. And it's like 100% true, yeah. but like they need direction. They need guidance. And it's like, I would love for the church holistically, not just Calvary, but the church um, to see those. And it's even something I don't do well in my own life, but to step into those things yeah. um, and see them as positive, not yeah. as like a personal attack yeah. or an identity crisis. Just like, Hey, this is the, this is us being the hands and feet of Jesus. Yeah. And I think part of it also goes into I think this is like a Larry Osborne yeah. So this is a he was a lead pastor out in California. I think he just does leadership stuff now. Still 
yeah, I think preaches at that church, North Coast. But he he has a little leadership principle. It took me a little bit to understand at first. Um, and he said, it's the freshmen are getting smaller every year. Mm. You know, when I was a freshman, yeah, we're, you know, all my peers, we were all the same size. You know, then I became a sophomore and I look at the freshmen and they're like, yeah. They're I'm a senior and they look. Yeah. Then when I'm a senior and yep. I look at them, it's like, all right, who let the nine year olds in? Like, what is going <laughs> on? But I do like, and I think what was hard for me to understand a little bit of it, because when I was a freshman looking at the seniors, like these guys were full grown men. That's how I felt when I was in high school. Yeah. And then but I got then to when be I became senior. a senior, I was like, I still look like a boy. Like there's no boys way. walking yeah. around. <laughs> so, but, and so that concept like, so his, the principle, what he's saying is, you know, take a, take a church when they're smaller um, and are just getting started. The level of acceptability for someone to step into leadership or into serious ministry, you know, like they'll, They'll take a younger pastor. Yeah. But then as the church grows and it gets a little bigger, a little more mature, it's like, oh, no, 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 no. Oh, you're you're 30? Yeah, you're not ready for leadership yep. whatsoever. You know, and it's like, and, and, and I wonder why, like the study I read recently, the, the average age of a pastor in our country, 60. Mm-hmm. You know, because the younger generation, it's like we're not, we're not allowing them opportunities to serve where you know you think of a, a pastor being even just 33 to to be a lead pastor and be like man he's so young and it's yeah. like oh well uh, they were nailing jesus to the cross at 33 yeah you know sorry he was a little too young for you to be a, his savior you know like no like <laughs> he was too young to be my savior yeah he was too young if, if he would have been like 40 that would have been perfect and and so i i tell that college group frequently like just remember like the, you are the age in which Jesus picked his 12. Mm-hmm. And different culture, and I understand all of that, but it's still, you know, I, I appreciate Paul's words to Timothy. Don't let them look down on you because you are young. And I even said Sunday in, in Life Group, I, we were talking about this context a little bit, and I said, you know, in your generation, the next pastor of Calvary Chapel, Lake of the Ozarks, could be here. Mm-hmm. And I said, we're all interim. Like, eventually, I need to hand off my role. You're going to hand off your role. London's going to hand hers, Taylor, Sean, Z. Like, we're we're all going to hand off our roles to someone else. Yeah. And, like, who's it going to be? You know? or and, and what do we feel like that they have to have for that role? Now, there has to be a certain level of acceptability. Mm-hmm. You know, you just... Scripture speaks of that. Don't find a new convert. You want to see certain things. There are criteria, but I think the church sometimes can get in a little bit of a rut because they think, oh, yeah, we want to find somebody that's this age and this education and he's seasoned. And it's like, all right, you want a myth is what you want, you know. But, But God's always been about using young men and women to do the work of ministry. And the church has to be able to do that. And, 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 and like we were talking just earlier, real levels of ministry, not just leftovers, leftovers, yeah. you know, type of thing. <coughs> Sorry, I'm trying not to cough in the mic. No, I appreciate I that. I keep pushing it away. <laughs> it's all good. If you're watching. Um, so next week we, we dive into the very last chapter. What do you think? Um, what do you think looking back on this as we roll to the end of the year? We're going to take a little hiatus coming mm. into yes, uh, yes, we are. December and January. We'll talk more about that later. But um, what do you think for our church that Revelation has meant? Ooh, I, 
I would say majority. Yeah. Vast majority. Painting broad brush. Of, broad know. brush. I think, I think it's been, this has been a really good study. Yeah. For one of two ways, right? So we have some that are kind of like, and I, I use you as an example a lot. Terrified, who, petrified. Terrified, never, petrified, mm-hmm. had no, no real solid understanding of the book of Revelation before other than hellfire brimstone I'm, i might kind of still be that way <laughs> still processing like still process still there's a foundation it. but it's not real solid yeah so so there's that that's you know and and i think a lot of people have been that way yeah. because it's yeah and and then you have the other side where um a lot of people read it and there's a lot of different understandings and and it's so much it's like i don't even know what to yep. believe about it and I think one of the greatest things that we were able to do through this study of Revelation is to try to provide a perspective that is still absolutely theologically accurate to the Word of God. Mm-hmm. And now I know we had to poke and prod against some other ideas, but hopefully we defended it well yeah. of like, why are we holding to this? Well, here's why. Consistent literal hermeneutic. We da da da. The Bible means what it says. You know, we could walk through all that again. But this is this is why it's not just oh, this is what makes sense to me. Yeah. It's like I this is what I believe the Bible is revealing to us, and and how we come to that conclusion. Um, and so doing it in a way and giving a perspective that's not the hellfire brimstone, black blood red. Sermon graphic, stereotypical, like it is a letter from Patmos. And I've always appreciated um, our kind of stance in that, you know, because in the last chapter, we're going to have two times that uh, Jesus, I believe there are words written in red, you know, he's going to say, blessed is he who keeps these words. Hmm. Like, so we think of, and all through Revelation, I think there are seven Beatitudes in it. Seven times that he says, blessed are you. You know, so if we want to talk about like, if you were on the topic of, uh, like, hey, where in Scripture can we understand what it means to be blessed? And it's like, okay, well, let's let's go to the Beatitudes in Matthew five. But then, oh yeah, we're gonna have to jump to Revelation. What? What? Jump to yeah. Revelation to talk about blessing? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and so, and and I think the the third kind of component for us is really addressing a lot of the misconceptions of the mm. Book of Revelation. Yeah. And so I, and I think it started right off the top when we said, this is a book of Jesus. Mm-hmm. This is a book of hope. Yep. And everybody thought I was crazy. Me included. Until you read the first five words. And it's like, this is a revelation of Jesus Christ. And, and, and as a believer, it is a book of hope. And if not, then yeah, there, it should be tear upon you for it. Um, and so I think just that perspective, hopefully looking back, um, it was seen as fruitful, effective. You know, some people are like, ah, I'm still a pantheist. Not a pantheist, sorry. A, a pan trib, pan millennialist. Like, not a pantheist, sorry. That is something. That Where is it's something. like, hey, I'm not, I'm not going to geek out r- a whole lot on the exact ordering of events. I just know it's all going to pan out. And I'm okay with that. That's fine. You know, but what I, what I wanted to provide, even for someone like that, which... I don't even know if I've had a whole lot of people say say that, but I know it's there. Yeah. I know it is. Um, but at least if you are ever engaged in a conversation or you hear something, there's been a level of, I've never heard that before. Mm-hmm. And I want to bring those things up. So, like, you know, we talk about the Apocrypha or hidden books of the Bible, because yep. you're going to see that on the History Channel. 
And I and I want you to see that and be like, oh, I know what they're referencing. Every Easter and Christmas, there's going to be at least one special. Oh, on absolutely, some yeah. And you know, we're going to get to Genesis, and everybody's going to want to know the Book of Enoch, and we get a bigger story of the Nephilim, and what's all this about? And it's just like, so sometimes people hear that, and I, I've been asked that, like, do you know about the Book of Enoch? Um, and I always tell them, shh, we don't tell people. <laughs> we don't talk about Enoch anymore. Sorry, I wanted to sing. We don't talk about Bruno. We don't talk <laughs> about Enoch. No, no. So, but I always want to provide uh, understanding in that. So when you hear something, you see something on the old TikTok, Instagram reel, whatever it is, that you're not taken back by that. It's like, oh, I, I, I've heard that. I know where he's coming from. Like, there's, yeah. there's at least some foundational understanding. Yeah. Instead of the like. <gasps> the church has been lying to me the whole time and how dare they yeah exactly i know for for me it was i mean when we were talking even months before and you're like i, I think we're gonna go through revelation i was like <laughs> dang it because for me there was anywhere that, else bro. yeah come on guy like let's go to like i would gladly gladly like let's go through leviticus let's yeah. i like oh, let's yeah. go i don't mind um that forced realization mm-hmm. where it's like hey i there is no excuse or way around it. Like, and there never has been. Yeah. Um, but to be like, Hey, we're going to walk through this, but we're going to walk through it together. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and I'm going to lead you through it by seeking and searching yeah. out the word of God and not what Nick wants it to be or what Nick says. Like, so there was even some insecurity there in that, like, all yeah. right, here, here we go. Here's another guy who's going to come in and tell me his six yeah. viewpoints of revelation and yep. his timetable. And it's like, I, this is going to get real awkward, yep. you know? And it's like, no, that's not what it was. And even for like our life group, um, which has been incredibly hard yeah, uh, as we've walked through revelation. I think every life group has <laughs> been like burdened and there heavy. is fatigue yeah. there. Um, there's just so much to unpack. Mm-hmm. And I think for a lot, a lot of us, again, painting broad brush. Yeah. Uh, we have probably more seasoned um, believers. Yeah. Uh, and so there's, there's not that um, skepticism. Yeah. That maybe a, a you know a new believer, someone new to faith, would have where there's so many things we've heard about Revelation that it's just easier to keep it closed and tucked away in the dark corner and yeah. uh, you know obscurity. Um, and so even for for me, just unpacking for the first time, just sitting and listening, unpacking, I have found myself going. I expected to say I had no idea a lot. Yeah. I've been caught off guard at how much yeah. and how impactful it's been to walk away and go oh my gosh i had no idea oh, cool. and it's and it's helped frame my faith in it in a completely yeah. different way like holistically because because we've talked about in episodes before where you know if you stay just in revelation too long <laughs> then you're putting tinfoil on your head yeah yeah we're we're you know. And we, we're, we're getting close. I don't know what the number is, but we're getting close to be like, there, there, I think there is a definite line where you just only study the book of Revelation long enough and yeah. you're starting the bridge and the cult, you know, and it's easy. But what's been, what's been uh, helpful for me and eye-opening mm-hmm. is to pull, you know, to pull from the rest of Scripture and to be like, oh, hey, this, we're going to go back and look at Daniel. Yeah. Like, hey, 
here, we're going to go back and look at the old, like, oh, we're going to find this in the New Testament. Um, and to go, oh, that's right. Like, my faith is so much more than just a singular one moment, one book thing. Like, yeah, so good. The Word of God is interconnected and intertwined. And because it's such a unique book where it's not read like a normal chapter book where we read it left to right and it starts at chapter one in the beginning, <laughs> you yeah. know, and closes in Revelation and it's one fluid story, you know, with some other characters mixed in. It's like, okay, well, I started out this chapter with this is the main character in the main story. <laughs> and then I ended this chapter and I don't even know what happened to them and we're in a completely different storyline, yeah. you know, like... um it, it brings that back to the surface. And it's always fun, like, when you get into some of any of the New Testament, and there's a reference, and you have to, like, go back to the Old Testament and say, hey, do you remember this part of the Old Testament? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, well, that's who that's, is here. That's it, why the Old Testament matters. And kind of even geeked. I wanted to geek out, but it's like I did not have the time because it wasn't really a part of Revelation per se, but Sunday talking about, you know, the glory of God and how it was revealed um, and Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. Ooh, you know, yeah. Moses and Elijah appeared to him. But when you go back to the Old Testament, those are the only two people that remember Moses hides in the rock and he says, all right, I'll walk past you. Well, who's Moses talking to? Pre-incarnate Jesus. And the same thing happens to Elijah. And so here's a small geek out. A small, and this is, this. I wouldn't say this is, is what happened, uh, but it's one of those that's like, Hmm. Now you got to put a little bit of a, wonder, yeah, yeah. You know, put a little, uh, you know, this is one of those, this, we're just letting the curiosity run a little bit. Um, was what was happening? Cause again, God is outside of time, mm -hmm. right? Don't just don't finish what you're about to say. Cause you know what I'm going. I think you, I think you're picking up on the clues. Yeah. So when Moses and Jesus pre-incarnate Jesus mm. have their, uh, incident in the Old Testament and and Moses is hiding in the rock mm -hmm. and then and then Jesus and Elijah have their interaction is that actually one interaction that we see at the Mount Transfiguration we don't know <laughs> and we can't answer definitively isn't that crazy though to think about that the same two people the only two people that really saw the the glory of God yeah. Even if it is, hey, I'm just going to pass by you. You're going to see me walk past you type of a thing. Yeah, because it wasn't his fullness. They had been dead. Yeah, yeah. And so I've always seen the Mount of Transfiguration. He's like, oh, yeah, Moses and Elijah. What's the big deal? Go back to the Old Testament. And it's like, oh, man. You know, like the first time that you ever heard that Jesus was the Lamb of God and somebody explained that to you. Yeah. Like, hey, in the Old Testament, Passover lamb. What? Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Like, and, and still, like we've referenced it multiple times when Jews for Jesus were here and we were doing Christ and the Passover and they're talking about the bread. Like there was a, there was an audible gasp <gasps> type of thing yep. when, when the connections were all made and that's the fun part. Yeah. I, I know you're a big fan of that one diagram that you can find where it's <gasps> all the rainbow. Yes. See, there's that gasp right there. <laughs> and it's so like you're saying it in, in one sense, it is one nice, long, little weird story. It And that's the thing is it, it is. is. And it's totally not at the yep. same time, you know, because there'll be stuff that like that we, you know, so, OK, in 22, we're going to talk about something that has not been mentioned since Revelation or Genesis three, M maybe a little bit in Ezekiel. I think maybe Ezekiel forty-seven. 
I'm going to go read it real quick. And so we're, we're going to be, so if you had no understanding of the Old Testament and then we only read Revelation 22, there's going to be a couple things that it's like, what is that? And it's like, oh, let's go clear back to the garden. Because in Genesis, in the garden, we have the tree of knowledge of good and evil mm-hmm. that they were not supposed to eat from. Yep. But then there was another tree in the mm-hmm. garden. And after the fall, I think one of the most, like we, and this is, this is my understanding of death. Death is a grace unto us mm-hmm. because the reason amongst other things that Adam and Eve were kicked out of the garden is so that they would not reach out and eat from the tree of life and stay living in their fallen states forever, forever. God had no desire for us to be separated from him. Well, how does he take a, a sinful, disobedient person and, and reunite him with him? Well, he can't just allow him to eat from the tree of life because then he's going to stay in his fallen state. Yep. Right. And so, so yes, they, and, and, and to think about it, the only tree they weren't, were not allowed to eat from in the garden was the tree of knowledge of good and evil, which means Adam ate from the tree of life in the garden. He, that was not restricted from him. The only tree that was restricted from him was the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Okay. So Adam ate for all purposes. I mean, Adam ate from the tree of life but he didn't want that to happen now in their fallen state. So he kicks them out of the garden. He guards the tree of life and so that they will die so that there can be a resurrection. I have so many questions. So that, and so you have the tree of life there in Genesis. Now fast forward all the way to Revelation and what do we see in the eternal kingdom? The tree tree. of life. And it's 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 a, a river of life that's flowing out of the throne room that Ezekiel would tell us. And and uh, you can kind of pick up on this. The tree actually over the whole river of life. The tree is actually on both sides of it. And its leaves are used for healing. We'll talk about this next week. Um, and then there's fruit and there's 12 different types of fruit. And so this tree of life is almost a timekeeper in a sense because the fruit will come into its blossom in mm-hmm. its time. And they're, so, sorry. Okay, hold on. Let's back that up. <laughs> Let's back that up. We're only 52 minutes in the podcast. We're all right. We got time. We got plenty of time. Plenty of time. Hold on. So hold, if, hold up. If Adam ate from the tree of life, yeah. Before his sinful fallen state, then how did he fall? No, 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 no. Okay. Well, I yeah, yeah. I guess you could make that. What? Isn't that a one and done thing? What, the tree of life? Yeah, like if you eat from the tree of life, wouldn't it have locked you in the eternal state that you were in? Would it? Do you only eat once on earth? God, don't be Jesus. I don't okay. need you to answer my question with a question. <laughs> I need you to answer my question, period. You know Jesus only answered three questions? Sorry. Yeah, okay. real frustrating. So so where are we pulling this from? So let's obviously go back to scripture so it's not just, oh, Nick in the, the back book of The book of Enoch. Mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the pseudopigrapha. Um so uh, Genesis three twenty two. Then the Lord God, Lord God, capital L O R D. So that's Yahweh God, mm-hmm. which I believe is pre-incarnate Christ. Said, "Behold, the man has become like one of us." us. Yep. So there we have the plurality of the Trinity, in knowing good and evil. <laughs> now lest he reach out his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore the Lord God sent him out of the garden of Eden to work the ground for which he was taken, and he drove out the man 
and at the east of the Garden of Eden, he placed a cherubim and a flaming sword that turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. So it never says that Adam never ate before the fall. What God wants to put into place is to keep Adam from eating after the fall because he doesn't want him to live forever. Meaning, this is going to sound funny, God wants us to die. And that's what it means, die to yourself. You heard that first here. You heard that first. God wants us to die because it's in our death because when did Adam die? Yeah. <laughs> did he die when he ate the, from the tree or did he die 900 years later? When he ate from the tree. When he ate from the tree. He physically died 900 years later. God wants us to die. He wants the old self to be crucified and to die. Like when this is, this is a, somebody was talking about Mother <clears throat> Teresa and, and they were talking about uh, when she died, it was her funeral and all that. And somebody finally kind of stands up and says, oh, no, 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 no. She died a long time ago mm. when she gave her life to the Lord. And it's like, that's our date of death is also our date of rebirth. Yeah. So he wants us to die and our brokenness to be reborn then in Christ, our physical death, which that's what the serpent wanted Adam and Eve to be more scared of was their physical death, yeah. not their spiritual death. So if we have a spiritual rebirth, why would we fear physical death whatsoever? Mm-hmm. Physical death would only unite us with God because we already are in our eternal life. Yeah. Because John seventeen three tells us that eternal life starts knowing Jesus. Yeah. So so the the focus that the serpent wanted was on physical death, but what what God wanted is no, I don't want you to live in this fallen state. You need to die in that fallen state. So that's I can resurrect you into a newness of life. And so now, Revelation 22, we have free access to the tree of life. And it's going to be a healing unto the nations, and we're going to eat of its fruits, and we're going to drink of the water of the, uh, the river of life that's all flowing mm-hmm. out of the temple in the throne room that is from him. And so how are we going to have this eternal life? It's because we're going to be, it's his presence that's going to sustain us to eternal life. That's where it's going to come from. But it all starts back here in the garden because this was, this was the original idea. <laughs> See, isn't it fun? And so for me, why I wanted to go, you know, people are asking, are we going to Revelation, going to Revelation? I knew I wanted to go to Genesis. Like, that was like the question, am I doing Revelation or not? And and amongst a few other things, one of the thoughts was I could end Revelation talking about the tree of life. Mm. And then I'll pick up Genesis talking about the tree of life. But there's still one more tree mentioned in Scripture. The cross. They hung them on a tree. On a tree. So when we live life between, and this is that book we, I was, I think I was talking to you about, we live life between two trees. It was written by oh, yeah, yeah. a um, guy down in Joplin, yep. I believe. Yeah, yep. I listened to that. I just loved that concept because he was taking that concept and applying it to different areas. And it's like in the same way, cause I resonate with the, we live in the tension between the already and the not yet. So I live between two trees you have the tree of life in the garden the tree of life in revelation but there's still one more tree and that's the cross hmm. 
<laughs> Jaron's thinking. That's the great part. I love that. I love that look. <laughs> he hates it. I love it. No, I don't hate it. I know you don't hate it. I'm just too it's, it's fun. And I think for me, that's the, that is truly the, that aha moment, that yeah. gasp, when I think it's a mixture of frustration, especially if you've grown up in church at either how you've missed it or how's no one yeah. else helped you understand or led in the way. Um, Cause it's nobody else's job, but mine True. to, to grow my faith. But True. people have instilled and helped and pushed yeah. and prodded and, um, and discipled me. Um, but when you get to those places where it's like, Oh, that's right. This is a unique book. This yeah. is, this is a story about redemption. Mm. And this is a story about Jesus that starts in Genesis and finishes in revelation. Yep. But within the main theme and the main story and the main character are sub stories and sub characters and books and different plots and different genres and different oh, types yeah. of writing. And it gets real confusing when you start adding all of those things in. But when you get to that, um, like, <clears throat> yeah, you'll remember this. <clears throat> so Uh-oh. a couple of years ago when we went to pastor's retreat yeah, and we had our, our day at the beach and we, we tried really hard. We rented a surfboard <laughs> And we said, we're going to surf. And that lasted all of but 10 minutes. And we said, forget this. We are so out of shape. We are. We are <laughs> Paddling through waves is really difficult. It, let me tell you, it is. So for me that, um, you know, you get thrown off and you're under the water and you're like right at the edge of, I need air. Yeah. Like I live every day of my life cognitively knowing I need air. But in this moment, I have to break the top of the water and gasp air and so for me, there's those moments in our faith where the, where that thing, where those mm. things click and make sense. And it's that that mixture of frustration that how and why is it taking this long? Why couldn't I figure it out on my own? Yeah. Um, and just pure excitement, like, oh my gosh, that aha moment that yeah. just culminate in, oh my gosh, Genesis now makes sense in yeah. light of Revelation. Yeah. Or Revelation now makes sense in, in light, light of Genesis. Genesis. And then when you add, right? So when you think about when was Genesis written and by who? And when was Revelation written and by who? Mm-hmm. You know, for me, like, so right now, the we just went and watched the new Hunger Games movie. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so we love the trilogy, which yep. is actually four movies, you know, and they just did a prequel. Well, it's the same author. So she knows in her mind, and the story that she made yeah. up, she knows all those little details and she can insert new details or wherever or the significance of something that maybe there was no significance in the later movies, but she's going to bring significance to it in the earlier, the yeah. prequel, stuff like that. But when you look at scripture to be written by 40 plus ish yeah. different authors over a 1500 year period of time. And then you see those connections to yeah. it. It's just like. I remember sitting in one of my Bible classes um, and my professor saying um, that uh, the Bible is the only uh, the only book of antiquity that mm-hmm. is written uh, with the number of authors in the span that it's written yep. that has been verified yes. so many times. Yep. I mean, so we can talk about the manuscript evidence and how many ancient manuscripts that we have. But like when you say it like that, that is absolutely true. Like if you put it on the line with the number of different authors that are speaking to this and and how they've been verified, like. Like and I the graph that I saw because I'm a visual learner. mm -hmm. So the graph that I saw was like 
the stack, you know, if it's like the stack of, we'll just say books, yeah, which yeah. manuscripts, yeah, um, compared to any other religious works of antiquity, the gap between scripture mm. and I don't remember what the next, I think it was the ancient Near East text, yeah, um, was mind-blowing like it yeah. wasn't even close like oh maybe there's a no no. i mean it was yeah chasm and, difference and that's what's so crazy to think that you know all those other ones that'll talk about alexander the great or plato or aristotle and all those that we hold to be like oh yeah that is truth we and, learn about history class yes every, and, yep. and that is human history and world history but it's like but we ignore it's like that is the most anti-intellectual thing you could ever do mm-hmm. but we do it all the time because okay. yeah and but here's the kicker darkness doesn't go after other darkness darkness mm. only goes after truth and so and that's why it's not an, an intellectual thing it's a faith mm-hmm. because and that's what i love for me it's it's faith that now drives me to be intellectual but it's never intellectual that drives me to be faith mm. That's good. You know, and so for my apologetics, it's like I'm never trying to replace faith, but my faith is driving me to be intellectual. And that's why sometimes like apologetics is good. Um, I don't know if it's the best evangelistic. Now you could you could use it evangelistically and push back on, you know, an atheist or somebody that doesn't believe in, in a couple things. But at the end of the day, you know, studying the manuscript evidence will n- will never cause someone's need about a Christ and say I need faith in you. Yeah cuz I mean there's there's people out there that study those works oh, and yeah. would never absolutely admit that yeah. Jesus is the son of God. Yeah. So like, if if anything the apologetics of defending my faith is um is for me. Yeah. Not for the other person. Be ready in season. Ooh. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, yeah. it is for me. And we we actually talked about this too uh, in life group. And it's like, I, I still have to ask that. Yeah. I ask myself questions all the time that I have to defend. And I act like I'm somebody that's poking and prodding yeah. my faith. Like, do you really believe the Bible is the word of God? All right, here's my response. I have to tell myself that. Mm. You know, did Jesus really rise from the grave? How, why would you believe such a story like that? This is why. Rapture, you really believe that the church is going to be like, okay, here's, and I walk through it. And that's, and that's, so I have to defend my faith to me, you know? So I give responses, right? But it's for me. Yeah. That's good. So your wife, unless we have anything else, your wife had a question. Oh, I don't know if I can. If you remember it. I remember the premise. He just um, said, like, hey, we didn't get any questions in, but, like... We didn't London get any questions in, so... Um, but you and London were talking about... Something. So, we were, London and I were talking on the way home. She actually texted me during service, and I was like... Oh, so she's not paying attention. Listen, woman, I am trying to switch cameras upstairs. Leave me alone. No. She got in the car, and she's like, hey, I got a question. I was like, uh, I have yet to hear the sermon, so I'm not going to have an answer <laughs> for you. Uh, I have to go home and listen to it. And she's like, oh, Okay. So then she proceeds to ask me a question anyways. <laughs> I said, awesome. Here Thanks. we go. There we go. That's cool. Um, so she was, let's see if I can remember. Yeah. She had asked, we were driving in the car, and she said, why in Revelation 20 do we make the switch from the 12 tribes to the 12 apostles? Where up to this point, it seems that so much of Revelation has been focused on and about the 12 tribes of Israel that suddenly here... Um, when we get to new heaven and new earth, we 
we just real quick like it's yeah. just a real quick we move from the 12 tribes to the 12 apostles yeah so uh think of the millennial government okay right so we're coming out of the millennium into new heaven new earth new jerusalem mm-hmm. right so i don't think we're going to wipe away all of that i think it's just going to step into perfection into glorification okay because in the millennial kingdom there's still mortal bodies not all are glorified yeah there's still a last rebellion i'm still coming to grips with that yep. that yep. was one of the things when yeah. you said that i was like whoa okay so we we're going to be in glorified bodies and there's going to be others in mortal bodies yeah that's and they're going to stand and look and see jesus ruling and reigning and still fall away <clears throat> finite brain doesn't understand it but okay i had a student they're like so people are just going to go through the motions and the actions of of being under the reign and rule of christ but they're not going to believe and i said uh, are you talking the about time. the millennial kingdom or are you <laughs> or talking today? about the church yeah which one are you so um so in the millennial government remember there's a jewish branch and a gentile yep. branch and in the jewish branch what did jesus tell the apostles you will rule over the 12 tribes of Israel. Uh-huh. So the reference to the apostles is still a reference to Israel. Okay. It's not a reference to the church, which is on the Gentile side, which is crazy. Okay. That's right. Uh-huh. But, and so then in 21, this is kind of a, this is a geek out. I, I should have read the verse, you know, but it wasn't really a, a focus of the sermon. Um, but the wall, right? Um, there's three gates on each side of it. Uh, and the wall of the city had 12 foundations, and on them were the 12 names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. Mm-hmm. Right? So the foundational, the foundation of New Jerusalem is going to be 12 foundations, and the names of the apostles are going to be built upon those. Okay. Ephesians 2, 19. So this is, uh, I'm going to start in verse 18. For though we... For through him, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but mm. you are fellow citizens with the saints and the members of the household of God built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. And so he, you know, that this whole section, he's talking about how we're going to be united into one structure, and sometimes I wonder, is he, he, he's referencing the church, yeah. but is that also, and that's a near fulfillment that, yeah, yeah like Jew, Gentile, we are, we are the church, but then even further, you know, when you're talking about the foundations laid by the apostles and you go to 21, you look at New Jerusalem and the foundation is inscribed with the apostles' mm-hmm. names, you know, because that, and again, that's why I don't believe we talked about this, I think last week, a role of an apostle is oh, yeah. not uh, uh, open today it is closed oh i also want you to know i dropped out of my apostleship class did you Good. I did. i'm glad you yeah, did because i dropped there out. was no way we were going to put your name on the foundation they, of new jerusalem they weren't going to give me a refund so i'm out you know, because you got to think about that if if that's the 12 names of the 12 apostles of the lamb and they're still apostles today does that mean your name is going to be on the foundation well in the book of enoch it does it does <laughs> <laughs> it does further explain <laughs> pray for him please i'm looking at you guys out there that are watching I need so, all the prayer I can get. Nah, we love to sass each other uh, theologically. It's true. Uh, so, no, okay. Yeah. So when you, we think of the apostles and we always think of the church, which is true because yeah. they, you know, they were, they started the church. Jesus and if you take the, them, the uh, division of the branch of government out yeah. that like, and I was, I was totally forgetting that. So that helps yeah. understand. So it's still, still a reference to Israel, still, 
Still very Jewish in the end. Very Jewish. So am I am I Jewish? Dreidel, dreidel, dreidel. <laughs> I don't know where you're going with that. I don't either. Yeah, oh, here it is. Yeah, still, yeah, we, because, and I liked the line, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, talking about that. Like, we are grafted in. Well, what are we grafted into? The branch is grafted into what? The tree mm-hmm. that is Israel or yeah. whatever. So uh, okay. I had one lady, she was like, I'm so excited. I already know who you're talking about. Then we're going to go through the millennial kingdom and we're going to, it's going to be Jewishy. And I said, Jewishy? I don't know if that's, that's a, not a word. I'm not a word. I might have made that one up. But just to step back into, and I think honestly, like, you know, so going to the millennial kingdom and the temple being rebuilt, um, and we're starting those sacrifices will be started up and they're a memorial. Like, we'll see it in the fullness mm-hmm. that is always meant to be. And I wonder if there's going to be a lot of these Messianic Jews that are going to be like, Oh. <laughs> the collective. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Now. That clarifies. Thank now you. Now I understand. You know, I still kind of wonder, like, why did the 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 bull, you know, his waist have to be burnt? Uh-huh. You know, the, the the poo of the bull burnt and some of the offerings, you know, sometimes that you hear that and it's entrails and it's waste. Like, why did, Lord, you like the... That was a pleasing aroma to the Lord, yeah, but to nobody was, else. It did nobody else. <laughs> or it was a stink and he wanted everybody to smell that. Yeah. And it's like, that's how bad... That's what your sin means yeah, does you to filthy me. Filthy rags. Uh. <laughs> Bring it back to the <laughs> top. come full circle. There it is. That's uh, what we like to do. Just so, like the tree of life, full circle. Uh, that's, that's how we like to roll here. Um, so next week, last one. Last one. Moment we, of silence. Oh, and we're back. Pour one out for the homies. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, last one because we're we're ending Revelation. Yep. So we're gonna take a little hiatus. We're gonna take a hiatus. All through December. All through December, which we're we're gonna do three weeks in Luke, mm-hmm. focused on the birth of Jesus. Basically, a book that doesn't matter. <laughs> Sorry, I'm. Ta- I can't even. Woo! I can't even. Somebody is that. sassy today. <laughs> the Lord's gonna strike you down, uh, probably. Pestilence and diarrhea, definitely. Um, and then uh, the last Sunday of the year, mm-hmm. New Year's Eve, yep. is gonna be a family service. So it's gonna be a one-off. Yep. Because I didn't want to just jump right back into a book. Um, and so I wanted to give a little bit of a, a palate cleanser in yep. a sense. You know, kind of like when you're eating sushi, you got to throw a little, little ginger and oh, wasabi. Ginger, yeah, yeah you don't throw wasabi in there, you'll die. <laughs> that goes on the. But, you know, just a little, little ginger, a little pickled ginger just to clear the mm-hmm. palate. And then you're ready for your next piece of sushi. My pastor would do uh, six of the Psalms. He'd go through a book and then he'd pick six Psalms. And he'd just do an order. She says the buffer. Yep, and then you do another book, and then you come back and do the next so six. The next six. So like one through six, one through six, seven, seven through, through twelve, okay. and yep, that's how we did Interesting. it. Yeah, so that was always kind of fun. So then we'll pick up in January. Pick January seventh is Vision Sunday. Vision Sunday, which that's going to be Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Let me tell you, we can't, we cannot emphasize that enough. That's going to be big, and it has implications not only for twenty four for twenty four. But beyond twenty four, and it has, it has implications for the breakdown. We're not going to tell you what those are. You'll have to find even, out. I don't even know if I know what those are. This is you being in the weeds and in the know. <laughs> <laughs> this is it. If he tells me, I'm in the weeds. Yeah. But, yeah. Um. So it has implications Seems for the breakdown. Trust. That's exactly right. Allowing you freaking out when the yes. when we hit stop hitting record, he's going to look at me and be like, "What? What? Was what? That? Yeah." They um, tell me. So no. we're going to take those weeks off. Yep. Um. And in, in taking them off. And don't don't threaten us. Oh my gosh. Don't don't complain. Just pray for don't, us. Just <laughs> enjoy the time away. 
right? We're not going anywhere. We're not going anywhere. No, no. The, the <laughs> breakdown is coming back. It's a good, uh, for us, it's a palate cleanser because it is, um, we love doing the breakdown. It is yep. a ton of work dropped right in the middle of the week. And oh, yeah. there are things, even though we won't have new episodes each week, um, to for, at least for me, to be prayerful about vision and direction. Yep. We don't ever want ministry to be stagnant. We don't ever want something... You know, if something needs to come to a close and end because yep. the Lord has something else on the horizon, as of right now, that's not the case. Let me be yeah, very clear. It's clear. But um, like we said, uh, I was talking last night in team night. Yep. You know, one of the things that we were talking about is ministry. Let it be church or even individual ministries. Mm-hmm. They're just the preferred vehicle for yep. kingdom impact. So right now, like the breakdown is just just a really sweet car. You know, shiny, new. It's pretty. It's, it's pretty. It's just a sweet, you know, but what's, and, and that's where we, you know, ministry is just us being the donkeys carrying Jesus into the world yeah. where the ministry isn't the breakdown. The ministry is the impact that we hope and pray that yeah. the breakdown and the growth that people have and the, and the curiosity of our faith to press into Jesus, you know, so the moment that the breakdown's not doing that, we're just going to, we're going to bail that car, set it on fire, send it off a cliff, give it a good Christian burial. And we're going to find another, that's the difference between Mary, the, the mission, mission date, date, the model. And when the model gets ugly <laughs> and just weathered and just old, stop while you're ahead. You trade her out for stop. a new model, right? Good. No, I like the surfing Great. analogy better. Like, because like, we were talking about surfing. less offensive. <laughs> Why is that offensive? Um, when the wave dies out, what do you do? You don't quit surfing. You just turn around and you go back out and you find another wave. Oh, that makes way more sense. That's why surfing's never been fun for me. <laughs> you miss the wave, you go in. Yeah, one. That's I get it. One I get wave. One wave. Yeah. <laughs> I've been doing it wrong the whole time. So, so I yeah. like the date, the model. You know, you stayed around. When we're done, I'm gonna call, I'm gonna call Ashley and be like, "Hey, I just want to know." That's what? not the person I'm fearing more in that. You know who <laughs> hates exactly. that comment? I know. So uh, we're yeah, um, we're gonna we're gonna take a little hiatus. So yep. next week will be the last big uh, hip hip hooray hurrah. We'll we'll not only talk about the message, but we'll we'll maybe give you a little bit more. It'll be fun. Let's go. Might be a little bit long. That's all right. Who cares? We might shoot for two hours. <gasps> What's our record so far? Uh, last week and yeah. the week before, exact yeah. to the minute. Yeah. One hour, 30. And now it was an hour and a half. Hour and a half. See, like a just a good Disney movie. Yeah. 90 minutes. A solid, you know, good there movie. I like it. So, but uh, I think that's where we're going to hang our hats today. Yeah. Prep for next week. Get Let's ready go. for... Uh, for Closing the, the book. The very last chapter of the very last book of the Bible. Which has a cool ring to it. That does. It like, does have a cool ring to it. And and uh, like I'm, we've made. And it. when I close the Bible from preaching third service, Jesus will return. No, no prediction. I'm just teasing. And that right there, <laughs> when we were talking about moving into cult beliefs, we have just that's, officially moved yeah, into. There it is. No, would not make the, a prediction like that. Oh, so, man. and that's the thing. Like, okay, what do we do? We're just going to open it back up and just keep preaching through the Word. And, and in ten years, ready. we'll close the Book of <laughs> Revelation again, and we'll go right back to Genesis. <laughs> I should do that. <laughs> the next Sunday, like, hey, we just finished Revelation. Where are we going next? Open up your Bibles to Revelation Please chapter stand one. Please Vision Sunday. Be like, hey, I've got a... I've got we'll a- do a letter from Patmos 2.0. Everything <laughs> we didn't discuss the first time around. You know how they do, um, <laughs> like, they'll do... 
uh, like TV shows, they'll do the director's cut or behind the yes. scenes where it's like you still get the episode, but yep. you get like the out extras. The, yeah, extras. <gasps> we do the letter from Patmos. Yeah. The extended season. So we will just watch the sermon on the screen that mm-hmm. we've already mm-hmm. recorded, mm-hmm. except then I'll come in and pause it at certain times, yep. add more geek out content. <gasps> we'll call it the letter from Patmos. Geek out edition. Geek out edition. So for the next year, that's what it is. <laughs> do you want the letter from Patmos or do you want the letter from Patmos? Geek out, geek out edition. edition. We will have four people at our church. <laughs> we both probably name who it the, be. the ministry not only uh, has died, it's been run into the ground. Yeah. It's it's done for. Oh, that's funny. So, but uh, anyway. we're gonna hang it up there. It is. We'll uh, we'll be back next week to f- to to finally finally close out the book. Of Revelation, and so we'll we uh, we'll do that big. We'll have fun with it, and then we're gonna hang our hats up for about a month, and then back into it. And we're back into it with some I'm excited, exciting news. So thank you guys so much for listening. Thanks for making the breakdown fun each and every week. Thanks for uh, listening and sharing and subscribing. You guys, uh, you guys make what we do fun. It's a mm-hmm. lot. It's a blast to hear the stories of impact that. Uh, whether it be Calvary or the message or the breakdown or ministry has had on um, has had on people. And so uh, if you have a story like that, we would love to oh, hear it. Oh, please share it. Yeah, please. get a hold of us on social please. media or the church. Go to the website. All of our contact information is there. But uh, we're going to we're gonna mute the mics. We're going to s- hit record so it stops recording. <laughs> and I'm going to go edit it. for the next 12 hours. Yay! <laughs> <laughs>